Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. A win is a win. When you're where the Oilers are right now, you'll take them however you can get them. Not ideal, but they beat the Vegas Golden Knights and have three in a row. Welcome to Got Your Back. Rob Brown, Jason Shudwick standing by, getting set to break down a 4-3 overtime win by the Oilers over the Vegas Golden Knights. As always, the pod brought to you by our great friends at Sherwood Buick GMC. Did you make it out to their massive two-day sales event? Oh, it was a great one. And that is why they are the number one GMC volume dealership in Canada. A huge success. Great event put on by Phil and the crew. They got an extensive lineup of new and pre-owned vehicles ready to find a new home today. And they want to show you why they are number one. What a great looking crew over there. Mention that Got Your Back podcast sent you and you'll get specialized pricing. You'll also get three free ultimate detail packages. So if you need a new vehicle, why not go to Sherwood Buick GMC? Why not tell them the pod sent you? And then you'll get like three free details. That'll last you five or six months. GMCpod.com is the website. Coming to you from the Long Shot Studio here in Sherwood Park. Looking forward to Thursday. We will be live at Long Shots post game. Come on down. Say hello. Watch the game with us. Have a chat. We would love to see you at Long Shots in Sherwood Park on Thursday night as we check in with the fellas. Rob Brown on the telephone on his long drive home and uh, Jason Strudwick. Brownie, uh, I was listening to you on the way in and uh, doing your post-game show with Reed, and uh, I heard somebody just somebody just flat out was disagreeing with you about something and you went quite quiet. I noticed you didn't. I don't even remember what he. I just remember you went stone quiet when he said, "I respectfully disagree, Rob." You disengaged. Well, I, I had to allow him to make his point. I, well, Reed and I had had an argument about it for about five, seven minutes. No, no, we had a, me and Reed had a discussion about what we felt. He thought that the Vegas Golden Knights are a chippy team that crosses the line a lot, and that they don't. <laughs> get called as often because the referees are just can't call everything. I said, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are a very well-disciplined team that play within the rules. And I think they're very well coached. They don't take dumb penalties. And I think that's why they're an effective team. And part of the reason they won a Stanley Cup is because they don't do anything stupid. They normally stay within the line. So that's where we disagreed, Reed and I, and then a caller agreed with Reed. Struddy, you were shutting down any penalty talk on Twitter after the game, too. Hey, buddy, you're not having it tonight. Neither one. It's, it's a loser's game. It's it's just you can't control the refs, right? I, I just – any conversation about the refs, I'm out. I, I just – I hate it as a player. I hate it as a fan. I hate it as a media personality. Like, it, it doesn't – you can't do anything about it. And I guarantee that Vegas fans and media are saying the same thing. Oh, man, we got screwed. The refs screwed us. I they love that Connor McDavid. Like, it's the same crap. So – Focus on what you can monitor and control, which is the play on the ice. I like it. Throwing down the gauntlet. We will not be discussing the referees on the podcast tonight. Let's get to the breakdown, guys. Brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel, Edmonton's heavy-duty diesel truck repair shop. A unique shop for a couple of reasons. They do custom jobs, right? Custom exhausts, custom engines, custom body work. If you can think of it, they can get it done. They're also known as the Ghostbusters. If you're having trouble getting your engine properly diagnosed, people can't figure it out, well, Marty and his staff love a challenge. Take your problem to them, and they will figure it out. High standards and great service. Proud to have them as partners. Visit them at AdrenalineDiesel.ca. Struds, do you think the title of the podcast is accurate and fair right now? You know, Maybe at a different time, in a different place, you could critique that one and pile on a little for the comeback that Vegas was allowed to have, but... A win is a win at this point for this Oiler team. I agree with that. I mean, uh, after the second period, I put out that this is a great opportunity for the Oilers to kind of 
you know, just lock this down, seal this game down. And 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 although they didn't do it in the more traditional sense, they did get the win. Um, and I think that a win is important at this point. There's a, a lot of great play by the Oilers in this game. I, I, I would say, what, 55 minutes or so, maybe uh, somewhere in there, 56, 50, whatever, 54 minutes. But I think it was a, it was a well-played game. But, you know, you take the two points, you move on, you learn from it, watch what you did wrong in the last five minutes, and go from there, Brownie. I agree, sir. I thought, and I thought the Oilers had a really good third period going. I thought they limited the chances against. I think Vegas wasn't getting a lot. They had the power play where they're just unfortunate that one of those pucks didn't bounce in for them. So they did everything right. Then a, a, a fluke, unlucky play where a puck hits a couple Oilers sticks and goes right to, I believe it was Hutton that scored. And then a wonderful goal by Kolasar. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a fourth-line guy that's knocking the puck out of the air. That's a good play, but the Oilers, I didn't think the Oilers sagged in the third period, and it wasn't as though Vegas was pressuring them. And this is a Vegas team strategy, and Shaga, you remember, the Oilers lost last year in the playoffs, lost four games to Vegas. All four of those games, the Oilers were leading in the second period. Vegas mm-hmm. is deep, and they do not stop coming. Their fourth line was out there with two minutes to go in the game, and that's the line that, that tied it up. That is a good Vegas team, and it was an important game for the Oilers the game two points at it. I think we need to go to the penalty kill next, you guys, because it has just been that good. It's been fantastic here for the last little bit. Uh, you know, same thing again tonight, Struds. And I just think it it you can play a little different when you're not constantly worried about your penalty kill, right? We've seen the Oilers, when they can't kill a penalty, I imagine five on five, it affects your game. But how good uh, has it been and what a difference it makes? Well, I think it, it makes you be a little bit less aggressive. And I, I don't know if the Oilers are a wildly aggressive team where they're they're running people over all the time. But there's no worse feeling than when you're in the penalty kill and you're jumping over the boards and you're like, yeah. this is going to be a tough one. This is <laughs> tough. And we've seen that from the Oilers. And now they're progressing in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I really noticed tonight, I thought their sticks are in better lanes. And I, they don't seem to be spread out as much, right? They're keeping it tighter, making the passes go around them. So... A lot of good things there, Brownie, from this PK. I agree. And the one thing when you start having success, you start having confidence. And then you start letting each other do your own job. When when you're not having success, when things aren't going right on the penalty kill, you're starting to do each other's jobs, which just makes the problem that much bigger. They start to have a little bit of chemistry on the penalty kill. They're gelling out there. They're aggressive. They're, there's no easy opportunities. And you know what it's like when you're making a play. If I got time and space, I'm going to make that play 90% of the time. If you're taking away my time and space, now it's a crapshoot. And right now the Oilers are doing a really good job of forcing quickly and forcing the opposition tonight, Vegas, to make those decisions quick. And the one thing that scares you when you go against the Oilers' penalty kill is they're not afraid to jump up. And tonight, Darnell Nurse, great play. To me, fantastic play. When he jumped up and drew a penalty on Eichel because he caught a bunch of tired power play guys, he saw that, jumped into play, Eichel had to take a slash on him. Great penalty kill by the team. That was a nice play by Darnell Nurse. Yeah, that's a great pickup, Brownie, by you. Struds, we're going to talk about the D in our takeaway segment in general. And Paul Coffey, Matthias Echo had some interesting comments tonight, so we'll save that for our takeaway segment. But I do want to spotlight on Darnell Nurse here because there's so much focus on him in this town all the time. But, boy, is he showing some good signs in his game struds. More tonight. Brownie just gave another example. Another pretty solid night from 2-5. Yeah, it is. And I, th- I think he's he's kind of back in the place where he's just comfortable with who he is. And he's not trying to be the the superhero every night. And that sometimes that's hard. And, and fans probably don't understand it. Well, he, they should be trying to be great every night. I, I get that. But there's a lot of times where for a D-man especially, an, a low event shift is what you want. And I think too often he's trying to, in the past, he's tried to push through and be great and do something amazing when it's just not there. When it's there, go for it. Brownie's example is a perfect one. But some shifts just low event and, and just be physical, take up space, you know, use your um, mobility to get in the way of guys. So uh, there's a lot of things like about his game, but I think he's kind of, um, or Paul Coffey and he have worked out that it's maybe going to be a more simplified version of what he does, but that doesn't mean unskilled, Brownie. No, and I think you, you said it best when you said simple. 
when when Darnell Nurse keeps the game simple, when the puck's on his stick, he's effective because I'm not sure there's a braver defenseman when it comes to blocking the shots on for for the Oilers. He puts his body in the way all the time. He's physical. He gets in the face of the other team's best players, and he gets in the face of the other team's tough players. I think where the, the people only see is when he makes the big mistake. But if he cuts that out and just simplifies his game, all of a sudden he becomes so, so much more effective. And just subtle plays. There's a play today where Puck was coming across and there was a two-on-two. Stevenson trying to go back door to Eichel. He just put his body in the right way. Didn't get caught chasing. Put him stay right in front in the blue paint. Puck comes. He knocks it out of the way. No problem. So Darnell Nurse, uh, most nights, is your Oilers' best defenseman. And when he simplifies it, it just makes the team that much more effective. Tanev, braver blocking shots. You guys see that one last night? With yeah. his face? Oh, yeah. I don't get that at all. <laughs> I, that's I, I just you don't help yourself. Like you know what? I, I if that's game seven, I get it. Game twenty one, oh. and you're you're laying that out like that. I, it makes no sense to me. I, I yeah. the, the team needs you. You're if you're out for a long time because of something like that, it makes no sense. So I I actually disagree with that at that moment. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I just, I respect the hell out of it, man. Is that gutsy? Um, so, when Chris Knobloch, yeah, go ahead, Brownie. Oh no, I was. I'm all good. I I, I saw the, the Tana thing. That's who you're talking about, correct? Yeah, yeah. I saw. I, I did. I did an event with him this summer. He has no teeth. All his teeth have been knocked out from blocking shots. That guy's got no fear. He's a guy that everyone would on, want on his team. But I agree with Strud's about, okay, there's game seven and there's also game 21. But Strud's, as you know, sometimes you just can't take that out of a player. That's his only thought, and he's going to put his body on the line no matter what. Yeah, fair, and that's why you love him, right? Yeah. Yep. So when Chris Knobloch got here, he talked about just you know wanting to define roles for different players. And I think it's fair to say he's made a pretty consistent effort at that. And I thought in tonight's game, Strud's, we saw uh, a group of players that were empowered and everybody took a pretty good chunk of their role and applied it. And I'll say most because there's there was a noticeable passenger again. But I think about Ernie. I think about, you know, uh, Yanmark. I think about just a number of guys throughout the lineup tonight who did a good job with the time that they were given and who looked to be playing a, a confident, empowered game. For sure. So let's talk about what those guys did. Ernie was very physical. He had a huge hit on Haig in the corner. That was corner. a great hit. Like, and then I drew just, a penalty. That's right. Then he draws a penalty. I think Sam Gagne, a guy who had sat out a little bit, gets the puck to the net, finds a little squeaker, gets in their goal. Boom. Just like that. Uh, Hamblin, you know, using his speed, getting in their forecheck. You mentioned Yanmark getting in there and, 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 you know, being elevated up to the top line, obviously not a long-term solution, but they're – because of the sickness to Hyman and contribute. So those are guys that are, are you know, feeling good about themselves because they're getting an opportunity uh, to play and, you know, to have the fourth line out there. Now, unfortunately, they got scored against, but to have them out with five or six minutes left, uh, unless it was a blowout, we, we haven't seen that much. So I, I, I love that fact that that is what they, he, he is, Chris, doing. And what you like to Struds is, is the energy they brought. And, I've been on a fourth line late in my career. There's, there's guys that'll be on the fourth line and they're, they're bitter because they're not getting ice time. And then if that guy's bitter and he's your line mate and you go out there, the shift's not good. You're not getting another one. But the three of them tonight, Hamblin, Gagne and Ernie, they had energy every time they get out there. When they get on the bench, they're sitting, they're puffing each other up. Okay. We might not get out for a few, a little bit, but when we get out there, we got to get pucks in deep. We got to do this. And you could see it in their game. The excitement Gagne had when he scored. The big hits by Ernie. Had the one on Hague. Had another one on Peter Angelo. Hamblin pounding the puck all the time. They played off of each other. And it's contagious. And if your fourth line goes out and gets a little bit of energy going, it's contagious for your third line, for your second line. So uh, they, they didn't get a lot of ice time, six, seven minutes. But it seemed like they were out there much more just because every time they stepped on the ice, they did a positive. Another solid night for Connor McDavid, right? He's rounding right back into form, Brownie. I mean, it just looks to me like the explosiveness has been re-injected into his game. Now, I, I found myself watching him tonight going, oh, yeah, okay, that's what it looked like before. 
you know, because he hasn't <laughs> had it at all this season. You know, he certainly didn't start with it. And now that we see it again in person, you're like, right, that's what it looks like. He's He's got that explosiveness back. He's got the, the explosiveness, but he's got the swagger. And there was a yeah. couple shifts tonight where he, he, he took the puck, got into the end, into the Vegas, and they lose the puck. He had shot out. He was going back into his own end twice as fast because he wanted to get the puck again and go back again. He, he, he wants it. There's been times where, you know, he, he'll defer to his line mate or defer to the defenseman. Not tonight. And in the last couple of games, he's going back. He's, he's more or less staring you down like, I want the puck and I want it now. And then you guys can follow me up the ice. I'm not waiting for you. And that's what we've seen in the past with Connor McDavid. So I don't know what the injury was or anything beforehand, but to me, the biggest thing with Connor McDavid, when he plays with swagger, it is scary for the opposition because they see him coming down and strides. You would know best as a defenseman. When you see that, that the eyes, the, the focus and the swagger in Connor McDavid or a great player, all of a sudden you got a little fear as a defenseman. You do. I've got a question for you guys. Do you know for sure, can you uh, confirm, was it his left or right contact he dropped in the offensive zone to get that big of a breakaway? On that situation. <laughs> like that was a serious delay, hey? Yeah. I'm like, where did this guy come from? I mean, holy jeez, did he drop a loony and he was trying to get it out of the ice? I mean, he was so far behind everybody else. Now, it was, you know, then, then the shooter just breaks it out for him and he just turns around. And goes back. That is like a drill where you just pick it up on the wall and you go down into the other end. You know, Stone missed it. Uh, I I couldn't believe. I'm like, where the hell is this guy coming from? That's funny. <laughs> That's funny, right? Like he was. I I was thinking the same thing. That's but Brownie, you know this Brownie, the, the sharp offensive weapon you were. That's just instincts, hey bud. That's just that's just sharp well, offensive instincts. You, you know what that is, and I I've been there, Shogger. I know, okay, I'm not going to be able to get back and back check because they're so far ahead of me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to anticipate that that guy's going to no. miss the net and I will get a breakaway out of it. Give me a break. So it was well played by Connor McDavid. Well played. I love Listen, it. I, I'm not fighting the, the play, but I mean, I think we have to all agree <laughs> that he was three zones behind. I think he actually he was in the something. Zamboni he area. sensed it. He, he sensed there was an opportunity coming. Contact. <laughs> contact dropped. I feel like this guy it. on the odd man rush might miss the net. I'm going to chill here for a while. <laughs> and Stone's going to miss a puck. He never misses off the wall. I know. I know. Hey, man, it worked. Uh, let's get to the Weiss Johnson sound box until December 1st to receive a complimentary duct cleaning when you buy a new furnace. That exclusive deal allows you to not only upgrade your heating system, but also improve the air quality in your home. Now, Steve, before we play the jingle, <laughs> a couple of comments on the stream that it's been coming in really hot and yeah. distorted. Yeah. So check your volume on the Weiss Johnson jingle. We have to make sure that it is clear as day for the people. Visit WeissJohnson.com. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson, there it is. Uh, I believe Evander Kane spoke after the game, was asked what has changed so much within this group of all the things that needed to change from when they were struggling so badly. Well, you're not seeing big mistakes, right? So um, you know, we've we've limited the quote-unquote boo-boos, and uh, you know we're, we're obviously creating a lot more offense and, and putting the puck in the net, so that obviously helps uh, helps helps win hockey games. And you know when you limit uh, the other team and um, you know play a tighter game. Uh, up in the wind call more than you don't. Vander Kane, three shots, uh, eight attempts, another seven hits. Uh, the guy's just bringing it, Struddy. I mean, he's piling in the goals and bringing it when his team needs him. Yeah, he's good value. I mean, let's let's talk about yeah. that contract. That's a that's a pretty he and Hyman are, are rocking two pretty good deals right now as far as value. Um, but you're right. And you know, Kane's kind of doing it all over the, the sheet right now. He's touching lots of parts of the game. Um, and he's he's emotionally engaged. So I and I, I think he's hundred percent right. They're not gifting goals, not handing goals to the opposition. They're making them earn earn the goals. Um, you know, the third and fourth goal, I would 
I don't know if they were maybe they were gifts just not gift wrapped. They were just kind of handed over in boxes. They didn't wrap those up. But I, I would suggest those two are two that could probably be under the heading of, of a gifted goal. For sure. Hey Brownie, question for you. Yeah. Shreds, you can follow mm-hmm. up. Uh what do you think of 71 tonight? Um, I think about the same as what I have in the first. 20 games that he played, I think Ryan McLeod's got a ton of speed. Um, and he transports the puck very well through the neutral zone. But what Ryan McLeod does when he gets to the offensive zone, he stays on the outside. He, he doesn't get in the blue paint. And I talked about it after the game with Reed. Great example of a guy that's been around the front of the net and a guy that hasn't. There was a puck that came back to the point. Ryan. McLeod and Derek Ryan were both in front of the net. Derek Ryan was standing right in front of the net. Ryan McLeod was standing three feet beside the net. Puck comes out, rebound goes to Derek Ryan. He puts it off the goalpost because he was standing in the right area in the blue paint. Uh, Ryan McLeod has been too perimeter. He, he, he doesn't have a shot that can score from distance. He wants to be good offensively. He's got to be in the blue paint, he's got to be fighting for the puck. He's got to be battling with defensemen. He doesn't do that enough. And the Oilers are desperate for that, from that out of him. We saw that tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights had their third and fourth lines on in the last five minutes of the hockey game. The Oilers want to be able to do that. But they need more out of Ryan McLeod. And I just, he hasn't had that. And when you got zero goals, go stand in front of the net for 30 seconds on a shift. Hang out there. Hopefully something will come for you. Five minutes left to go in the game. They put out Ryan McLeod's uh, uh, line. He gets the puck beside the Oilers' uh, goal, blows a wheel. All right, it happens. Gets it back about 10 seconds later, mishandles it, doesn't get it out. Boom, it stays in the Oilers' zone. If I was the coach, I'm like, okay, I think I've seen enough. Uh, he's, he's obviously not feeling it right now. to slip someone else in his spot. But no, he goes back out there, puts him out there again with about whatever it was, two, two and change, whatever it is. Um, he gets the puck on the boards. Well, I think it was like 214. I think I looked up and glanced up and saw 214 on the clock. He tries to make a pass up to Fogel with the D-man. You know he's pinching on you. Don't be surprised. You know those D-men are pinching. That play is a lob shot. The old Greg Hoggett moon shot, throw it all the way out to other team's blue line or off the glass and out so that it, it kills the time. That's the game management that I'm I'm talking about. We I, I'm going to put the goal scoring aside. I'm going to put a track in the net. But the game management, you're a third-line center. You need to know that. That is what third-line centers know. They understand that their, their, their job in that moment is to kill 45 seconds so you get the big boys back out there to, to, keep, to kill the rest of the clock off. So um, I think Chris Knobloch, I believe that is a, a inexperienced coach's um, decision that cost the team uh, a goal. Uh, near the end of the game. And I, I, I know he's spoken about McLeod liking him, Shogger. And there's a lot of people I like as well. But when when you see it at five minutes, I don't believe it's going to change at two and a half. So I think that was a, a misstep by the new coach. If you want the standard to be higher, then you need to make that expectation crystal clear. And when you have a player who isn't bringing the competitive level required to meet the moment, it's okay to send that signal to the group standards higher right now. I'm stunned. He got back on the ice after that first shift that you talked about. And uh, I mean, I guess overtime, whatever you're throwing him a bone, at least he can skate, but I completely agree with you. I think that is a perfect moment for Chris Knobloch to throw the gauntlet down and go, I think that would have got people's attention. They would have gone, Oh, okay. Now he has swapped him and Hamblin a couple of times, Struddy. Yeah, uh, like he has swapped them a little bit, so he's done it somewhat. But this is a game against the defending cup champions, and you got a guy that's playing on the outside constantly. A guy not through a, a, a hit on the first shift of the game that was pretty much it for the rest of the night. I think that's a perfect opportunity to cut that bench back and deliver that message. Uh, he put a guy that wasn't competing hard enough on the ice in a critical moment, and it cost him. But it's not a benching. I wouldn't call it a benching. I would so just roll call, over him, whatever we, you want we, to call it. You, you, so after you'd be asked, hey, we noticed McLeod didn't go out there. Well, we were looking for a different look on that line. Boom. Just like that. Message sent. 
I, I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Um, so yeah. And, and, but the worst part was like, it, there was a, a shift prior to it where you saw how, what he was going to do. So when they show your, yourself, you have to, at some point change it, Brownie. Well, that I agree 100% on both of what both you guys are saying. And the other thing that really surprises me with Ryan McLeod is, is the fact that he's continually put on the second power play unit. He's got two assists on the season and he's playing 15 minutes a night. I mean, Sam Gagne's got three goals. James Hamblin's got two goals. They're playing six minutes a night in half as many games. Um, Yanmark today, that's only his 11th game. He's got a goal on the season. And they continue to put Ryan McLeod on the power play, which I understand he transports the puck, bringing it in on the power play. But I'm like, hey, how is he getting second power play minutes with the, the zeros on the scoreboard that he has? So um, they need him to be better. If they want to first get to the playoffs, but then start playing against the teams that can roll four lines, you need a third-line center that you can put out and have confidence in. And you're right, Strides. Uh, you you can't just go two lines the last five minutes of a hockey game. You need a third line at least, if not a fourth line. And if you don't have trust in him, well, then you got troubles. I would love to see a Vander Kane make Ryan McLeod his sort of project. Take him under his wing. Show him a thing or two. Put him in that position where he knows people are watching. And I mean, I think it's fine at this point, Struts, for teammates to be putting some pressure on a guy and making him a little uncomfortable. I think it should be that way. His compete level is noticeably diminished compared to what most other players are bringing on a night like tonight. And I think it would be fine for the team to put a little pressure on him. Let him feel that. And Evander Kane is a guy that I imagine, uh, you know, could do that when you're bringing it the way he does. Um yeah, it's been a constant theme. We'll see what happens. That was the breakdown brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel. Brownie, thanks for hanging in, man. We appreciate it. We'll let you rip, and we'll uh, catch up with you again soon, buddy. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right. Good the night. great Rob Brown, who, by the way, his appearances brought to you on the podcast by Kin Print. If you're a new company, see how Kin Print can help you with logo design and branding. Visit kinprint.ca. Short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the D and perhaps Paul Coffey's influence on it. Lots more to come. Hey everyone, it's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. Christmas is just around the corner and we've got everything you need for the athlete and sports fan on your list. With over 30 different sports under one roof, including hockey, bikes, ball, and our amazing fan shop, United is your one-stop shop for everything sport. Don't know what to buy? A United gift card is always a fan favorite. United Sport and Cycle your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. If you're looking for a night out on the town and want to make sure you and your fellow fun lovers arrive safe and in style, call Ahmed Enterprises. With their stretch limos and party buses, they can accommodate groups up to 22. Servicing Edmonton and area, Ahmed Enterprises provides luxurious, reliable, professional transportation. Whether it be weddings, parties, casino nights, game night at the arena, or any occasion, give them a call at 780-231-6018 or check them out online at ahmedenterprise.com. Mention Got Your Back sent you to get 10% off your luxury ride. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefineHealth.com. All right, time for takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. The snow will be here before you know it, and you'll want to be ready to ride. Visit Martin Motorsports and check out their lineup of pre-owned sleds. All priced to sell so you can enjoy winter with your new-to-you machine. Check out their pre-owned lineup online at martinmotorsports.ca. If you use the code GOTYERBACK, that's G-O-T-Y-E-R, BACK, at checkout, you'll get 20 bucks off your next order. Easy and convenient, and it will ship right to your door. 
Uh, Strutty, I asked Matias Ekholm a couple of questions tonight about Paul Coffey's influence so far behind the bench. So let's do this. Let's listen to that brief conversation I had with Ekholm, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're seeing from the blue line. So here's Matias Ekholm postgame. Um, I, I did not know what to expect, obviously, and you know, everyone knows his resume and what he did in the league. And, um, what I really enjoy about him is that he wants us to make plays. He wants us, um, up in the rush. He wants us to close gaps. He wants us to be, um, serving our forwards, good passes, uh, good outlets, um, and not just flip it out when we're tired or whatever, even though we're tired, he still wants us to make plays. And I really think that's the way to go and it's sometimes um that's something that gets lost when because usually you, i mean that's natural in this world you you look at the the bad things you do out there what can you correct always it's not every time you come in and you you pump tires but he seems to be a guy that more or less looks at the pumping tires situation where he he likes to, to encourage more than maybe look at the bad side so i, th I think that's been a part where I've really enjoyed um, having him as a coach. Even through the losses you've had? Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's been very uh, positive. He's been very um, direct. Um, whether And I think, in my opinion, at least, it's been more positive than it has been negative. And regardless if we have won or lost, um, he's always been there trying to make us make plays. And um, I think that's a great thing. So in fairness, Struds, when they put Paul Coffey behind the bench, we raised our eyebrows for a lot of the same reasons that everybody else did. But early returns here have been not too bad. We'll get to the overall play of the D in a minute, but what, what struck you there? Well, the, the comment he made about uh, serving good passes to the forwards, and I don't think that can be overlooked. You know, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, these guys, Hyman, they want to get the puck at the right time, in the right place, and a pass they can handle. So, you know, is it a coincidence that, you know, there's been maybe been some subtle approach change to the way that uh, the D-men are moving the puck, and now all of a sudden we've got McDavid going, you got Dry Saddle going, you got different guys, uh, those other guys are already going. But I think that that does make a big difference. That's interesting. Skill, right? Skilled forwards don't want to chase the puck down all the time. <laughs> I should say that they don't want to go off the glass and go and get it. I'm not suggesting that prior to this, they were doing that, but you know, they, they want to get it with tempo in the right place. And I think, you know, I know when I played with your armor, Jagger, like there was no conversation. Like when he wanted it, you better get him that puck or he's slapping his stick and letting you know that you missed a chance to get it to him. Now, luckily I wasn't on the ice with him very often. So I never got the slap, but I would have, so I do think that that is different. And Paul Coffey was very good at transporting the puck, but also moving the puck, right? Sliding it over to his guy. So I think that to me is the biggest um, positive. And there's, there were many in that conversation from Eckholm, but that is the thing I'm like, ooh, geez, is that a coincidence that guys seem to be going on and they've unlocked the offense a bit more? It was interesting to me that he made the point that Coffee is saying doesn't matter if you're deep into a shift and tired. There's there's no reason you still can't make a play. You know, not just wanting the high flip outs and that, like expecting right. plays to be made throughout the entire shift. I don't know why. I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, that he would make that point. It's not an excuse to not have your head up and make a good play. You've been an NHL D-man exhausted. It's a lot harder to do deep in a shift, I would imagine. It is harder. And I, that one, I was like, Ooh, oh. interesting. that's interesting. Yeah. I think I, I go back to my game management conversation from earlier. You know, it's because if you're out there and you're tired, most likely everyone else on the ice is tired as well. You're either four buddies. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that you, you, you got to look at the risk versus the reward. What, what is the risk here? Like, what am I taking on? If I try to make that pass, if the plays there, make it I, that 100%. But if you look up and there's nothing there and you've been in your own zone for 30, 40 seconds, I don't think there's anything wrong with a timely lob grenade to the other side of the blue line. So at least you get a couple fresh legs on the ice. Well, keep in mind that a lot of players had a lot of room to improve significantly from where they were earlier this year. Point being, it was probably only going to go up. But, Struds, I would submit to you that we have seen some pretty significant improvements here from individuals. And, you know, with Coffee taking over, I mean, listen, we're going to criticize them when they're, when they're struggling, so I think we probably need to credit them when they're doing well. 
But listen to the way we've been talking about Darnell Nurse lately, right? Look at Evan Bouchard's game and where it's at. And we're not seeing necessarily the same monstrous mistakes as consistently as we were before. Like Vinny Darnay has come. Like what are the signs that you're seeing from specific players here? Well, first off, I think we have to look at the group as a whole. And they played very well, let's say, the second half of last year underneath Dave Manson. So the, the bar was set pretty high. They entered this year, and for whatever reason, individually and collectively, they were not at the level they wanted to. So you're right. There was going to be or should have been a bounce back or a, a, whatever they call the finding their level again. And, and they have found a much better level tonight. Or, But, you know, sometimes just a different voice and a different approach. I never got the sense Dave Manson was a real critical guy, and he was on them all the time. I never mm -hmm. felt that. Um, but a different voice maybe explaining something the same story is being told, but maybe in a different way. Yeah, that's interesting. Just a subtle change in message there. Did you have something else? Yeah, and just like the, the part about jumping up, I do think that they're jumping up more in the play now, but it's more in a support role, right? I think that it's, it's important to differentiate between, you know, Quinn Hughes and Cal McCarr rushing all the up us and dangling around everyone with the puck on their stick and the idea of being a support role. So it turns a, th a two on two to a three on two or a three on three to four on three. And I like that because the benefit of that, and, and you know, I don't think that Ekholm talked about it. When you get up and you're joining the rush, you're automatically setting your gap if there's a turnover, right? And I'm not talking about leading the rush. Yeah. I'm talking about supporting the rush. And that's a different thing. So you're, you're, you're that fourth guy crossing the blue line. If there's a turnover, your gap set. You can just oop, pivot, come back, and now you're right up on the guy. When you come up the ice slowly – and there's a turnover. Now there's a huge space between you and the oncoming four checkers. And it looks like you're, you know, in, in a in a wooden wheelchair and you're not able to move. So I think that's really important to, to understand the benefits of getting up the ice. Bob's your uncle says Paul Coffey has been impacting in positive ways for a few years now. Yes, he adds serious championship pedigree. And that's something that we had discussed. They don't have those cups in the room. And though Paul Coffey is not playing, clearly he he has run those miles and can probably bring that. And interesting, the 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 positivity that Ekholm says he is constantly bringing, that'll get harder if the wins aren't coming. But if that's his general approach to a group that probably needed to have the pressure come off, probably a good approach from Paul Coffey. Really quick, Strudson will wrap the segment. If Vinny Darnay is going to play like this, Philip Broberg needs to go to the minors immediately immediately because this player cannot be dragged around on this roster not playing um it's getting to situation critical and if this goes on much longer it's irresponsible of the team to handle a prospect that's this important this way well it's a tough spot right because they they i think rolling six right now stability chris knobloch talked about stability through the lines that includes the 6d and 70 is 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 very difficult to manage for stability, right? Um, and it doesn't offer them that up front. So I do think that just based on that, it's unlikely they're going to turn to seven very often. So I, I would agree with you, Broberg, go down and play. Go down and play. I would bring up someone else uh, who you're not so worried about the long-term growth of that player. I think there's a chance they're going to need Philip Broberg if they make the playoffs this year, right? I think that there's a chance they're going to need a reliable player. And if they continue to do with him what they have done with him, they will not have a reliable player come the playoffs. It's a huge mistake. This guy needs to be in the American League playing 22 minutes a night and playing on the power play and feeling it. And I know the Oilers need to ice the best lineup they can night in, night out right now. But you got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You got to be able to plan for a little bit down the road while still focusing on getting wins right now. And I think the handling of Holloway and the handling of Broberg over the past two seasons, I think, has been suspect. And I think they need to start paying more attention to it, Struds. I think they're two separate situations. I think Holloway has been injured. So I think that's that's a different one. Whereas yeah. Broberg is is... I mean, I, I think he should have been in the minors pretty much the whole year last year, right? Yeah. I just, and even now, um, there's just a lot of space for him. I, I said it a year ago. It, he, he, I thought they were going to trade Kulak, not because they don't like him, because they needed space for him to play a regular shift, and he's not able to get that. Um, so it's 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 a really difficult spot for for Broberg and the team. But I, I I I'd be I said it before he should go down the minors, and I'm not talking three games like. 
three games is nothing. It's to me, it's nothing. You do not develop in that. I'm talking similar to Jack Campbell. Send him down unless there's an injury. He's there till the new year. They're gonna need him. And they're gonna need him to be confident and, and to feel yeah. like he can contribute. And that's either coming out of the American League where he's playing a crap ton in the number one D man sure. and feeling it, or yeah. you know, that's here playing for the season. But the way Darnay is playing and what he brings, they need Vinny Darnay in the lineup. Uh, if he's going to play this well. One quick comment. Mike Smith says, so where are the coffee skeptics and haters now? LOL. Listen, we were critical. I was of the decision at the time because I don't think the optics were great. I still think it's weird that he's an advisor to the owner at the same time being assistant coach, but early returns have been good here. So I think our criticism of him and of that hire was fair and there's no hating. It's just the facts. But early returns have been good, and so I think it's important that we note that and something we will keep an eye on. Rob Brown did say on his uh, on his show, I was listening on the way home, he played with Paul Coffey. He just said he's an unbelievable communicator. Like he just and, – yeah. and is so good with that. And, hey, maybe, maybe that alone is having a good positive impact for this group. All right, still ahead, we've got Strutty's World to come. Uh, we've got Ask Us Anything, and coming up next in our yet-to-be-named segment, quick look at a couple of elements from around the National Hockey League. Quick break, stay with us. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park in Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. It is time to take a lap. Brought to you, Struddy, by... It is brought to you. read, buddy? I got it. I got it here. I got, I got it. it. I'm ready to jump in. I got your back if you no, don't I got it. it. Brought to you by Backscape, our good friends at Backscape. This product is taking the <laughs> online world by storm right now. It is everywhere. Get rid of unwanted back hair all by yourself with Backscape. The water-resistant rechargeable shaver coupled with long handle lets you take care of business on your own. Shave in any direction with no bumps or cuts. It's easy. It's awesome. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com. And choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. And there's a huge sale. Their biggest sale of the year. 30 to 50% off going on right now. Take a gander. Unique technology and it works well. You know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm bringing a Backscape on location Thursday night to long shots. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, let's come up with a code word right now. Let's say, let's say the code word is McLeod. Code Uh word is McLeod. If you come up to our table at long shots on Thursday and say McLeod to me, I will have a box of uh, backscape product. The first person that does it, obviously. So come on out to long shots on uh, Thursday night. Code word is McLeod, and I'll have a box waiting for you. Uh, Struddy, where do you want to take it tonight? Well, some nights the uh, headlines jump off the page, and this is one of those nights. So, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canucks kind of got themselves in some interesting contracts with different trades. And anyways, uh, it's rare, but it does happen where two teams, it's a perfect meeting of a situation. So Anthony Bovillier, a former of the Islanders, traded to uh, Canucks with uh, Bohorvat, yep. made four – making just over $4 million. He was traded to the Blackhawks today for a fifth-round pick. I'm not sure that is a massive pick, but they unload a contract, create some cap space. I think this is a great move by the Canucks. Why do the Blackhawks want him? Because Taylor Hall's out for the year and Corey Perry is going to be gone. So they need legit NHLers around their young gun. And, and you know, their young guy, I guess, you know, obviously there's a couple other, but uh, Connor Bedard, 
So it's it's crazy how this just came together. I don't think that, you know, it's not like uh, Beauvalier is killing it this year. It's not like that he's really impacted, but he works hard. And I think that Luke Richardson probably likes that around there. That's what I, I see in his play. But he's a third, fourth line player making over $4 million. That is yep. not really that great. So it's rare, though, Shogger. You know the intimate details of deals more often than I do. But it's rare where it's like both teams have a need and it kind of sorts it out. And it's, it's to me, crazy that this is what we're talking about. See, I thought teams were, couldn't make trades right now. I thought it was impossible to make trades in the NHL right now for anybody to do. It's just, it's yeah, absolutely, it's just but not. It's a doable. need. It's a need. It's yeah. different. It's no, different, I agree, right? man. No, I totally agree. By yeah. the way, how about Brock Besser? Oh my goodness, to think that they yeah. were there was a time where they were wondering if they could even trade this guy. Yeah. Holy snap! What's uh, point number two tonight? Point number two: I go to a game that was tonight. It was the Leafs versus Florida. Went to a shootout, and you know, I, I don't mind the shootout. I mean, I would we'll check it out, and. Evan Rodriguez had a, a a move. He went left. He goes right, shoots it. Then it looks like he hits the puck again. Well, yeah. the league looks at it, and the it was called off. Now there may have been other goals called off in the past in the shootout, but I I don't know. I can't tell for sure if he did or not. But you know, Paul Maurice was losing it. Coach for <laughs> the Panthers they end up losing the shootout, and it, he he know exactly how he's feeling and what he says uh, in in any kind of video you see, but. Shogger, I am. I just the video review. I know it's not going away, but man, like, are you sure he hit it twice? And if he did, you know, you see other guys kind of pull it and then tap it as going over the line. Like, is it really, is it really that different than other things? So I, I, I didn't like the ruling. I didn't like the really. Decision. No, I didn't like it. You think? But do you think a guy should get any sort of second crack at it on a on a on a shootout or a penalty shot? Like. Well, you got one crack at it. That's it. Plays dead. Soon as it like it, unless it dribbles in on its own, you cannot make more than one contact with the puck. Right, but how do you know separate between? It's a fine line knowing what the last deke is with the last shot. Like yeah. sometimes a guy will do a deke and it looks like a shot, and then he taps it again. So well, now it hits gonna... the goalie between the time you last touch it fair. and the time you next touch it. That, yeah, that might that might be fair. I, no. <laughs> I, I we you know that's maybe a differentiating uh, situation for sure. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, we should just quickly mention the Chicago Blackhawks situation today too. You know, I, I see a lot of stuff online, people criticizing Chicago for not fully coming out with more detail here, Struds, and, and that kind of baffles me a little bit because, you know, I saw Kyle Davidson today. Uh, obviously, that wasn't an easy press conference. He was even seemed a little bit emotional at a certain point. This is a nightmare for them, right, with everything that's gone on and clearly um, a difficult situation. I don't expect them to come out with all of the details and tell everybody exactly what's going on. It's an internal matter, probably involving some employees of theirs, and they have to allow for you know a certain amount of privacy. And they have to have the lawyers are going to have their say in all of this. So I don't view this as a further signal that the Chicago Blackhawks haven't sorted out their business and are handling it improperly. I saw so much criticism online today, and I thought that's nuts. I mean, Kyle Davidson's clearly trying to be transparent here. Yeah, I think it's the opposite. I think they're very direct. The decision was made for him not to return, and today they announced what they're doing with the buyout. And I do agree. This wasn't like he, you know, lit the United Center on fire. Like, obviously, there was other people involved, and you have sure. to consider whatever it was, whoever he was involved with, or, or, or he, those people don't need to have their names out there. So the decision was made. He's gone. The team moves on. Uh, and now Corey Perry is is uh, free agent. And, you know, will we ever know the story? Probably not clearly, no. Yeah. All right. Great stuff. That was Taking a Lap, brought to you by our great friends <laughs> over at Backscape. When we come back, there was a set play that the Oilers lined up tonight. And it didn't go great. It caught the eye of Struddy. He's going to dive into it in Struddy's world. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. Offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, 
and now ice hockey for all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off like Freddy. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here, someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. <laughs> All right, time for Strutty's World. Brought to you by our good friends over at Pathfind. Dom and company, so happy that the Oilers are turning a corner. They were feeling the sting. Big Oiler fans in the Pathfind office. The right coach can turn your team into champions, right? With Pathfind's leadership coaching services, you're ensuring that your organization always brings its A game with great leadership. Visit pathfind.ca to find out how you can lead your team on to victory. Struddy, tell us about a set play that went awry tonight, buddy. The orders on the second goal for Vegas. What they did is they set up, uh, it was to the left of the net minder. You know, we got obviously McDavid taking the face off. Bouchard lined up on the opposite side where a lefty was set up, but he was set up on, on the wall. Uh, Ekholm lined up directly behind McDavid. Then he had uh, Nugent Hopkins and Yanmark on the inside. So a traditional setup would be more we have one D-man up on the hash mark against the wall, then the other D-man mm -hmm. up on the hash mark uh, in the middle of the ice. And that is because, you know, you, you want to make sure you have a D-man in front to protect the puck coming there or whatever. So instead, uh, Ekholm is lined up straight behind McDavid. I'm guessing what they're looking to do is for that puck to come straight back uh, to Ekholm, and then maybe he, he he lobs it into the neutral zone or they try to create a play where it's a, a foot race and, and, and off you go. The danger at that, is if you don't win the face-off cleanly or you don't win it at all, both forwards are gone, right? Because they're uh, the, the left winger, in this case, Nugent Hopkins, is going in behind the play, going behind their center, trying to pick up puck and get out to the D. Janmark's moving up. So literally what happens is the puck drops. Those two forwards are gone, just where I talked about it. Atcom is at the bottom of the circle, and the puck goes from the centers straight to um, the, the Vegas player in front, and he scores. Like, it's it's... I don't believe the risk is worth the reward in that situation uh, because it, it it just creates such an easy play. There is not an oiler in front of the net. So I get it. You're trying to do something that's unique and catch them, catch them off guard, and it's not the top line. I get all those things. But Shogger, there are just times in the game, again, the game management, is that really worth the risk at that moment? Like, is What are the odds of you getting what you're looking for, whether it's a, a quick two-on-one yeah. or a quick out of the zone? That really makes me nervous, and it, it's surprising because Ekholm is quite a defensive-minded player. He makes good plays, but that's one where I'd like to think maybe Paul Coffey says, "Hey, guy, what do we what do we got going on here? Is this what what kind of play do we have here?" Yeah. Now, I can't imagine Ekholm loves that setup either, though, right? Like, who, like who's calling that? I mean, you got what, what, one oh, wow. D on the wall and another one at the bottom of the circle, aren't you? As a D unit, aren't you like? Are we sure here? Like, doesn't it feel weird not to have one of them in front of the net? I would uh, think the D don't love that. My nuts would be in my throat. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on because of just what we saw right there? And I'm not blaming Yanmark and Nugent because they're just going where they think they need to go. But when they go where they think they need to go, guess who's left there? Nobody, right? And that's that's the hard Don't part. they have to read it? Like, don't they have to pick up what happens off yeah. the draw and make a different play? But you're trying to get the jump. You're trying to get the jump on the play, right? So I, I believe that yeah. I think it was Nugent Hopkins going out behind, out to that D-man, the right D-man. I think it's Yanmark has to hesitate for a moment, then jump. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. As a D-man, you can trust no forwards. There is not a forward. Actually, I should. Maybe <laughs> version. Two of them. <laughs> there, there's, there's no forwards you can trust. And because their instincts aren't to, to defend. So, you know, it worked out. The team won the game, but it's just... One where you're like, I don't, I don't think that the risk is worth any potential reward uh, that you may reap in that situation. Uh, Davin on the stream says, Struddy needs a whiteboard. Actually might not have been a bad idea for you to have your coach's whiteboard tonight wow. and illustrate. Although for people listening on audio, it would be completely garbage. But that's right. not bad, Struddy. I would be in yeah. favor of you bringing a whiteboard when you're doing this technical oh. stuff. Howie Meeker. Howie Meeker, but with more hair and bigger shoulders. You I might have to take that on. <laughs> Now you stop it there. Now stop it there. <laughs> stop it there. Are you a big whiteboard guy when you're coaching the littles? 
Uh, I, you know what? I, there, everyone learns in different ways, right? There's some you can just talk to, some you can do it on, you know, do it physically, and others have to see it on the board. I, I try to hit all three if I can. That was Struddy's World, brought to you by Pathfind. If you got any questions about set plays uh, or anything else you want to chat about, uh, Steve has been monitoring the stream behind the scenes, and uh, it is time for our Ask Us Anything segment, brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Rini Buclan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty, serving Sherwood Park, Edmonton, and surrounding area. Let Rini help you navigate the biggest investment of your life, your home. She works with a select number of clients to give you all the time you need to find the perfect place for you to lay your head down. If you're thinking of buying, selling, or want your home evaluated, call her today, 780-994-0280. That's Rini Buclan, Shark of the Park. Zuby has the night off, though I see him in on the stream here. Uh, he's So he takes the night off running things, and then he, he's spent the whole night sitting on the... He's like chiming in. He's in there as Growler Media Group on the stream here. I so he, he even chirped me here a minute ago. What did he say? Something along the lines of, "If you use McLeod, what did he say? If you use McLeod as a pa as a code word, you might have to put up with a half hour rant when you say his name to him." Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, coming in yeah. hot. I know. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Steve? How's the mood on the uh, stream tonight? Oh, people are relatively happy, as they should be. Um, yeah, Thomas M says, five points out of a wild card. McDavid and Drysaddle are ninth and tenth in scoring. We'll be one and two by Christmas. He's guaranteeing it. Can't possibly sit Ga Gagne anymore, can you? That's the question. Yeah. I don't know. Strud's like, uh, Hyman's going to come back. So what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, his sickness isn't uh, has a long term thing. Hopefully, so yeah. It's it's. I think unfortunately for guys like Sam Gagne or Hamblin, you are, you know, easier to take out than than other players, right? I can't say Yanmark coming out. I don't see Derek Ryan coming out. A full goal, obviously McLeod. So who does that leave? Right. The list gets pretty short pretty quick on who can come out. So I I think it's likely. Or Ernie, I guess Adam Ernie's another guy, but you know he brought it today too. He brought that energy as well. I don't know, man. Like if you're you're looking at making a lineup adjustment from this game, I I don't know, man. I know Ernie doesn't kill penalties, and that hurts him for sure. It hurts him. Yeah, but yeah, we're not in healthy scratch territory with Ryan McLeod in this coach no, yet. Not at all. We're in healthy scratch territory with Ryan McLeod in his overall season. Thousand percent, we are. Mm -hmm. but not with this coach. Steve, what else? Well, yeah, Stephen Petrick, uh, just sort of along that same line, says at this point when Holloway does come back, who goes down? I feel like you should keep Hamblin, but what do you do? It's been good. Hey, Strud's like he skates fast. He works hard. Like he just, everything you want in a guy coming up from the minors. Yeah. He'd be a, a regular NHL if he was four or five inches taller. Like let's just call it what it is because he doesn't leave you wanting too much more and he's generally speaking in the right area. He understands that he can't, get scored on or can't get scored on too often. Um, but he has contributed a couple goals now. He plays with a lot of speed, uh, brings energy. So I, I you know, I I think he would stay over Adam Ernie, um, which is difficult when you look at the family situation for Adam, but you know, they're trying to win games here. So doing what they think is best. Yeah. All right. K Gill 97 says, Ryan, I think Darnell Nurse has been a beast the last three games. What say you? He's been very good at his passing and gap control. He's been great and nasty in the corners too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he took that puck in the head in warm up and uh, he's had kind of a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's been playing really well. We dealt with this some, some of this earlier on in the podcast, but I think, you know, when he, when he plays simple struds shift to shift, he still is capable of making some pretty darn nice plays. Like he has shown the last couple of games. Yeah. Even if he's playing a simple game, he can make high-end plays. Yeah, simple doesn't mean unskilled. I want I just keep saying that because I don't want people to think, oh, we're just gonna go off the glass. It means understanding what the moment calls for. Right? You look at like think of Nick Litstrom. How many highlight real plays did he create? Not many, right? Yeah. But he made the right play consistently. And that was his genius, right? That's what made him great. So I think the same is needs to be true for Darnell. Is that, and I'm not comparing him to Lidstrom. There's very few team men in history who would, but when he just makes the, the the play that's presented, and and he can make a lot of different plays, whether it's passing, with his feet, physicality, whatever. Just see the play and make it. 
and understand that some shifts, it's, there's not a great play, so just make the simple play. I'll pull one here off the stream. Uh, Quadi, I think I'm saying it right. Uh, the puck support seems so much better. If someone fumbles or gets a pass behind, there's a guy right there to clean up. We are playing much faster. Struds, we'll go back to a gem of the night that we picked where Zach Hyman said, mm. we're not covering each other. We're not backing each other up when mistakes yeah. are made. Quadi is noticing that has changed. Um, that's exactly what he's talking about, what we were discussing with Hyman. Do you agree that it's changed? Yeah, I think there is some some close to support, but also you know, you're kind of coming up the ice together. You know, you, the last thing you want, unless it's Connor McDavid, but you want someone around you to support you so you can give the puck. And same in the offensive zone. Um, and I think under Jay, it was it was pretty good as well. But again, you know, they're so discombobulated. Though the, the D men weren't getting to the forwards, the forwards were were, were bumbling the puck, and then they were getting stopped. The other teams are stopping them. So I think it all leads kind of lends together. So it's not like they've reinvented the wheel, but I think collectively they're doing a better job. Sorry, I'm just sitting here laughing at Zuby's comment on the stream. I said, I wish the Oilers had signed Bertuzzi just so they could say they have Bert and Ernie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he's on fire. He's, he's got to have, a, to bed, he's gotta have a drink in his head. Tomorrow morning with LeBron and MJ, <laughs> which, by the way, he's not showing up for work on time for the morning pod tomorrow. And he's up late on the stream tonight. Go to bed, you donkey, or show up at work yeah. on time. All right. Some comments about that. We gotta... love you, buddy. We love you. Uh, Steve, I'm going to pull one off here yeah, real quick. Um, that was a sign. That was a sound bite right there. Steve, I'm going to pull one off here real quick. Now, somebody. Uh, Bob's your uncle, Struddy. He says McLeod is loading for his shot on the fly off the wrong leg. He can switch it up to change his closing speed last second and shoot for the goalie's chest and look to bang in his own rebounds. I, that sounds right. That sounds familiar. The one thing I'll say about McLeod is he's got all that speed, but he is constantly getting shots deflected up and over the glass or not getting shots through. Remind, Joffrey Looper was like that a ton too. Yeah, and that's a very specific question. And I I would say when I was defending, if I could tell when the guy was ready to shoot, there wasn't much deception there. It was yeah. pretty easy to get a stick on it. So what I didn't like is when I wasn't sure when the guy's going to shoot and he would change which foot he shoots off. Uh, and that that does make a difference. So, you know, it's, it, I, I felt like I blocked quite a few shots with my stick. I'd just reach out and poke the puck because I could see what was coming, especially when the guy is kind of coming down the wall. You're like, okay, well, he's going to shoot it here. Um, so you got to change it up, change the angle a little bit. Um, it's And honestly, shooting off the rush, it's pretty low percentage shot for it to go in. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more, Steve-O. Then we're going to wrap this pig up. Okay, some comments on uh, Skinner's game. So Kegel says, uh, I think Skinner had a good game, even though his save percentage wasn't good. Um, what say you? And Scott K says, boys, do you keep rolling with Skinner? When does Picard get another start? Well, I'm, I'm Picard's playing again at some point uh, in this home stretch. He's got to play. You cannot play this guy all the time, um, any goalie all the time. So I, I'd like to get him at least one start on this, at least one. And don't give me the old, he's, there's no back-to-back -back starts. I, I just don't believe that. It's mental as well as physical. I would, I would like to see that one saved, although it was a bit of a screen. Um, I didn't think he was quite set. Maybe he was surprised by that shot, Shugger. Yeah, I would agree. I, there's, I mean, he wants one back for sure. I think um, I think Skinner, like, he, he got his game in order after a shaky start last game. The team bought him some time. Uh, had the shutout the night before, the game before, I believe. So, I mean, two out of three here, he's been, certainly, he's been good. And so I think his game is is definitely starting to come around. He was really distraught when that comeback started. Like he, when when Vegas got their third, he sat in his crease struts after letting that goal in, you know. And the play had already resumed, and then there was a whistle, and he sat there still angry, shaking his head like he was he was feeling it. Um, I think getting the win and piling some wins together is going to be huge for him. And I think his game is coming around to a decent degree here. But I completely agree that uh, the other guy's got to get in. The gem of the day brought to you by Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sport, United Sport and Cycle. It's definitely your home for hockey, from sticks and skates to masks and pads. They can get you outfitted and ready to dominate on the ice. Go and visit them in store to check out their extensive collection of gear. Try before you buy. 
www.unitedsports.ca. Struddy, what are you liking tonight, my man? Well, I'm calling your number through via call letters, delivering pucks or serving up pucks to the forwards in a, in, a, in a more timely manner than before. So I think that is really big, and I really think that that is not a coincidence that the Oilers' top guns are also now delivering more points as well. Yep, no, I agree. It's too long a clip to play. Normally we'll play it if we have it, but it was like a minute something. So, right. uh, But I agree. I thought it was insightful uh, from Matthias Ekholm. And, and I liked uh, – the positivity that he expressed Paul Coffey is approaching all of these yeah. situations and these conversations with, it's interesting. I don't know if you can be that way all season long. I don't know, but that's the way Paul Coffey rolls and uh, results have been good on a lot of nights here for the, the blue line. That was your gem of the day brought to you by United Cycle. Struds, we were both pushing through tonight, buddy. When we hopped onto the stream, I could tell. I was like, oh. He looks like he's got about as much energy as I do. So this was a grind tonight, man, but we made it. Yeah, yeah. I Four hockey, I ran, no, how many today? Five hours of hockey today. So it's a long day. Yeah. I'm, I'm into hockey. I'm all into it right now. So I'm, I'm ready to rumble. Right on. Well, you brought the energy, buddy. Thank you kindly. Steve, good job behind the scenes. Thanks to all of you on the stream tonight. Really enjoyed uh, engaging. Lots of great comments. And we appreciate it. If you get a chance, if you don't mind, uh, aside from pounding the love button, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review as well. I won't beg you for five stars. I mean, leave us five stars if you want. But we love hearing what you think about the podcast. And that's a great place to do it. Keep an eye out for uh, Got Your Back NHL edition. Myself, Pierre Lebrun, and Mike Johnson will drop that tomorrow at some point. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you live from Long Shots after Thursday's game. Have a great night, everybody.